0: Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women on life after 50 who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm your host, Katie Fogarty. Please put your hands together and help me welcome the woman to the show who's been gracing stages for more than 40 years. Carol Montgomery, stand-up comic, writer, producer, and actress. From the legendary startup venue Catch a Rising Star to Vegas to Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher, Carol has done it all. Her most recent projects, The Showtime comedy special, Funny Women of a Certain Age and its sequel, made history in 2019 as the first TV comedy to feature female comics over the age of 50. She's here to help answer the question, 2019, why did it take so long? Welcome, Carol.
1: Uh, Yeah, why did it take so long, huh? It's, It's always amazing to me because, you know people over 50 are such a under, a de, a underserved demographic, but you know, like I always say, we're the ones that have all the money. Yes. So, so it always surprises me that, that it took so long to, to, to actually recognize that, that, that there are not just women, I mean, just people over 50, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's such a huge demographic and we're still vital and, we're still out there doing stuff, and that 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 it's still considered this like oh well you're you're over the hill. it 's like fifty is not over the hill i'm sixty three now I wish I was fifty
0: <laughs> that's so funny carol i'm I'm curious uh, you know I, I totally agree with you. We are a large powerful, you know, affluent market. We we, you know, we're still here. We're still vital. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I totally feel you on that. But I'm curious because, you know, I've I've seen movies, we've seen TV, we see people when they have an idea for a show, like your Showtime Special, and they go pitch it to a packed room, you know, they tend to say things like, It's like friends. But you know, if friends are on Mars, you know, <laughs> it's like Mad Max meets Martha Stewart. What was yeah. your pitch for funny women of a certain age um,
1: um basically it was um it basically what I just said the the over fifty market is is uh, under underserved and people want to watch you know when you go even like you know in the New York comedy scene the Los Angeles comedy scene when you go to comedy clubs in major cities like the showcase they're called showcase rooms they're not like um like rooms that are in Chicago or St. Louis, because those are, those are considered actual full week comedy clubs. The people that go to the, the showcase rooms, they're younger. Yes, absolutely. New York and L.A., they're, they're younger, they're, 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 they're hipper. But when you go out to the rest of the country to go to a comedy show on a Saturday night, chances are it's going to be older people. And they're going to be the ones to go out and spend the money and, and, and not have to worry, you know, because what happens is, is when you're in your twenties and you're single, you have money to burn, sure. right? Then you get married. Then you have, cause usually right after marriage, uh, love and marriage, what comes after baby they don't, you know, for, from basically, let's say from like 25 to 40, you're taking care of your children. So people over 40 and 50, their kids are out of the house. Yeah, totally. They don't have to pay for a babysitter. They just can go.
0: In New York City, LA, babysitters are expensive. Expensive.
1: <laughs> They're very expensive. So when I went in, I was, you know, um, I, I, the reason I went with Showtime is because when we did the showcase, we had a big showcase for all of the networks. Everyone was there, HBO, Netflix, Amazon, you know, Showtime, uh, Lifetime, everyone was there. But in the end, you know, and, and everyone, of course, they understood, they got it. Because it's also, just to be a little, um, pat myself on the back, I, the, the show that they saw happened to have three of the best female comics in the country. So they all got it because there was this was such a perfect show. And it, it was like, it, it just, everything kind of fell into place. But the reason I went with Showtime is that I, they gave me my first big break um, right after my son was born in 1992. I think my son was about six months old. But I was on a show called the Showtime Comedy Club All Stars, which was they used to have a, um, they used to do like this little touring uh, comedy show through Showtime in all the different cities. And at the end of the year, they would take six people and those were the best of the entire country. And the year that I did it, Don Rickles was the host. So they gave me my first break. So even though we, we, all these people were like, we love it. We want to do it and everything. I told my partner, you know, who who we all we know his name. And, um, uh, I said, I I really want to go with Showtime. And so that's why, but they, Showtime was great. I I cannot tell you how great it was to have a network that got it from the moment I walked through the door, which is really unusual. It
0: sounds, it it sounds like it's probably rare. And I love that you had that loyalty and you said they gave me a break and I'm, you know, I'm repaying that, and I'm picking them. So I'm curious. You said that you had three like really talented female comics in that showcase. Can you can you share those names with us? Oh,
1: absolutely. Uh, Veronica Mosey, uh Leanne Lord, and Vanessa Hollingshead. Okay. And the 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 way each of these women, it, it really was such a perfect show because, you know, one of the biggest problems I've always felt in standup comedy is when it comes to women is you'll always hear that well, women talk about the same things. You know what I mean like they're always like oh they all talk about the same thing and it's like okay sure right but that you know and each of these women you know not you know Veronica is you know, she's an older mom she had her child when she was older Leanne has been single her you know she was married but now she's single she doesn't have kids Vanessa was married she doesn't have kids so they each brought a unique uh, set of jokes and none of them were the same and 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 i wanted to do that also i wanted to prove that women can you, you can have like six There were six women in each of the specials, you can have six women and every single one of, if you didn't like that one, you're going to like the next one. You didn't like the next one. You're going to like, you know what I mean? Sure. So it's, I I was hoping that I could break the barriers of making when people go, oh yeah, they all talk about the same stuff. Really?
0: Seriously? I know, but why does no one say that about men? You know, I mean, we're not a monolithic, uh, you know, there's so many different types of women. I mean, do you ever hear that complaint about male comics?
1: No. I mean, I've said that. I I said, yeah, you know, I said, they'll say, Women are all alike, I said, but yet every young male comic goes on and talks about how he, he gets high in his parents'
0: basement. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay. So You're it, like, it, been there, done that. I've heard that too. Been there, done
1: that. I, I think it has to, you know, it, when I started, there weren't a lot of women. Um, if there were 15 women, and I started in the late 70s. So, you know, so it was unusual for a woman to be, because we were still breaking down the barriers at that point, because we had the woman's lib on one end, but this was a, stand-up comedy was still a very, very much a boys' club. So you, 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 there were two. Ty- it's interesting. There were two types of women. There were either women who were um, very tough-looking, or there were, or they were they 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 made themselves not look nice. Like they made them not look good on stage. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? By either being overweight or, you know, you know. They weren't or, sexy.
0: They weren't like sexy comics. Is that no, what no, no, no.
1: Not like now, because now women, you know, there are many women who are stunning and funny. Sure. You know, it's like all of a sudden we went, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. <laughs>
0: I'm hot and, and humorous, right? Oh my gosh! Right. So, uh, so I'm curious because you were talking about how um, you know, there were there were fewer fewer like women weren't um, you know like, there weren't a lot of you when you first started out. No, uh, has that changed? Do you really have you seen the numbers go up?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like I now, I mean, I don't know if we, I don't think we outnumber the men, but I would say that we're probably. I want to say. Maybe 70, 30, 60,
0: 40, 40% being us. And um, what about 40- the decision makers? You know, because you were going into a room and having to get, you know, someone's attention, get them to say yes. Do you feel that one of the reasons why we were seeing more men uh, on stage is because that there are more men in the decision-making roles, you know, casting those male comics versus females? Um, I think,
1: you know, like I said, I th- we were one of the last... Uh, stand-up comedy is one of the last male uh you know last boys club that to have the barriers break down so i think that it's a mixture of everything i think it's a mixture of people just going well we we don't want to work harder to 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 push women forward when we have this funny guy right (laughs) do you know what i mean like I, i i don't think it's I don't, I, I laziness isn't the right word, but I think that people are like, well, we're comfortable with, we got all these guys. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of funny women, but, and we'll use them, but you know, let's just stick with the guys. It's easier.
0: Yeah. Let's stick with what we know. And then the people that we hire. So how did you get started? I mean, you've had this career for a couple of decades now. What first <laughs> put you on the stage? Um,
1: well, um, I, grew, my, my father was, um, uh, was a, a high school, uh, high school teacher, but, um, but was always very funny. So he was the one that gave me the love of comedy because my earliest memories are, are um, you know, he was a teacher. So we, when we, when he'd come home for dinner, you know, we'd have dinner and we'd uh, we'd have the t- uh, black and white TV in in our kitchen. We had an Eaton kitchen and we'd watch Lucy at six. Nice. So you know, like that was when she w- they they played the re- so I I always remember laughing a lot. We watched Abbott and Costello and the Bowery Boys and and my father turned me on to the Marx Brothers who end up being my that my heroes of, of comedy so uh, so through him i learned you know that laughing was a great thing and w- ironically what was funny is i didn't realize this until i was o- in my mid-20s but when my father was uh we, we would have the summers off so he was a bartender up in the catskill mountains so as a kid when my father was setting up the bar you know what let's say it you know, six and six at night or something, I would, you know, I would keep him company because I wanted to hang out with my dad. And, you know, Rodney Dangerfield would walk in and he'd do a mic check or Toadie Fields. So I was around comedy. I mean, I, I, I literally, when I had the memory, I, I said to my father, of course, I was going to be a comedian. It was in my blood. I, I was around it every summer.
0: That's so cool. I love that. I love that. So you've had this 40-year career doing stand-up, which is you know, basically standing on stage saying many of the things that uh, some of us think, um, but that we're afraid to say out loud. And in a minute, we're going to go to a commercial break. But when we come back, I want to ask you, are there things that are hard to say? You know, Or are there things that you won't say? On stage? Yes. Hold on to that thought. We're going to okay. be back in a minute, because I want to hear. Menopause is inevitable, but the symptoms that accompany it don't have to be. Meet Kindra, the company that will make your peri to post-menopause journey smoother. Kindra has an amazing online quiz, which helps identify where you are in your menopause transition. I so love this customization because my experience with menopause looks different from some of my friends. On the very first episode of A Certain Age, I shared that I never had a hot flash, but I did experience bouts of what doctors call mood instability what actually felt more like waves of toxic rage. All through April, a certain age is exploring the theme of out loud and having candid conversations that no one talks about. Menopause, rage, and dry vagina should probably top that list. I've been taking Kindra's scientifically formulated estrogen-free supplements, and they are helping my sleep, mood shifts, and energy. They also have a daily vaginal lotion for dryness, which people rave about. Kindra's products target all of those frustrating signs of menopause that get in the way of vibrant living. Kindra has a great offer for a certain age listeners. Any first time purchasers or subscribers get 20% off anything. Use code KD20 at checkout. That's K-A-T-I-E two zero. Head to our for wellness that works. So Carl, you've been doing stand up on some of the, you know, the biggest stages in the country for years. Mm. Are there things, you know, you're an expert at saying uncomfortable things, but are mm. there some things that are harder to say than others or is anything off limits?
1: Um, well, like okay, I'll give you an example of how I raised my son because I think this fits in with the question. So when I was raising my son and they all knew, which is ironic, where he grew up in Las Vegas where I was working, As a comedian in a burlesque topless show where, uh, you know, the dancers were topless and then I'd come out and do funny stuff. So everyone was aware of what I did. I was a comedian. But the rule in the house was you could say whatever you want, including curse words, but you had to make sure it was funny. You couldn't say anything just to use the word. So the, the only thing that I, you know, if anyone tried to do a racist joke or an, you know, a homophobic joke, I'd stop them in their tracks. I mean, I literally had one time I was driving the, bunch of boys to little league and this kid starts with one of these races like you know the setup was horrible and i i literally pulled the car over and stopped the car i said what did you just say he goes but it's a joke i said i said if i ever hear you say that again you will never ever play with lane again in fact you're lucky i don't make you walk to the game right now and he was mortified and he apologized so the so you know, like my, actually, my son and I were having this conversation recently about comedy. And because now there's, you know, there's a cancel culture and the woke people and they're all fighting and everything. It, you can't punch down in comedy. You know, it, it, when you when you make fun of somebody, if you make fun of yourself, you can do that because it's you. But if you're punching down at a a, a group of people that 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 hasn't had uh, much success that's that's not funny that's just sad to me.
0: That's a great great um filter for, you know, that we should all be using uh, sort of beyond comedy the idea of like just don't punch people below your right. you know your fight weight and i feel like we've just come out of four years of like Oh yeah. you know somebody punching people he should not be punching so right uh, i love well, that I-, I love that as a um as as a filter, but, and also the idea of like, you know, also for your son, it's like, make it funny. You know, there's a lot of ways to have uncomfortable conversations or to, um, you know, kind of mine the truth in in your life, uh, you know. Um, and that you know the f bomb is like perfectly okay as long as it's got a funny setup in front of it, maybe.
1: <laughs> right, right. I mean, you know, I mean, and my act is is you know is is um, is is what we it, what's funny is I'm considered a blue comic, and when you when you see what the younger comics are doing today, I look like the I look like a nun now. <laughs> but um, but there's a way to do you know my my besides the Marx Brothers obviously, but my my stand up heroes are my number one hero, of course, is Richard Pryor and then George Carlin, and, and both of them used cursing as, as, as seasoning. That's yeah. the best way I can describe how I, I, when I'm cursing. First of all, I'm from Brooklyn. So the F word is an adjective. Do you know <laughs> what I mean?
0: It's um, an exclamation point, right? Yes, mean- <laughs> exactly.
1: exactly. So, so, so y- y- there's a way to do, you know, it's funny because when I was, uh I did two shows in Las Vegas. And for the second show, for the second show that I did, not the act, they were like, I said two separate shows for my own head. I I decided I wasn't going to curse, but I was still going to do the type of material I do, which is, you know, it leans a lot on sex and, and all, you know, and, and, and taboo subjects like that. So the exact, so then one night I decided, and this is just purely just for my own head. I thought I'm going to throw in some F bombs, right? And the next day, I got a call from the producer going, they said you were really dirty last night. And the only thing I had changed was putting in the F word. And I I mean, and and I'm telling you when I say I was doing graphic material about sex, but never cursing. And that was okay. But the fact that I ended up throwing, it was like, it was such a bizarre, you know, experiment
0: for me. That is so bizarre. That is so bizarre. I watched, um, Your comedy shows back to back last night, I watch funny women of a certain age, then I watch more funny uh, women of a certain age, and I watched them with my husband and my 20-year-old daughter, and we were crying, laughing. Oh, that's nice. That
1: makes me happy.
0: (laughs) And it was so funny, because we were, you know, we are, she's 20, I'm 51, my husband's 50, you know, we're, like, across ages, across genders, and we were dying, and I loved um, your friend, I think it's, uh, maybe it's Veronica or Victoria- Sort okay, of starts Vanessa? off with Mrs. Mazel outfit, and she's just oh Lynn, oh Lynn, oh yeah, is it Lynn? Amazing. I mean, she is just like extraordinary. I thought she was such a riot. But I, I'm just curious, you know? Do you feel that jokes are generational? Are some things universal? What's your What's your take on that?
1: Well, I think jokes, uh, you know, like they they say in show business that there's only five movie plots. Do you know what I mean? And every, it's everyone's take on uh, on what they do to to make it their own, but. Uh, yeah, I I come, my, my material comes from, from my soul. Do you know what I mean? Like everything I, like I used to say that when I first started out, I was in my early, my early twenties. So I, at that point I was dating a lot and trying to find, you know, just a boyfriend. And then I met my husband. So then it was a talking about him. Then I got married. Then it was talking about him. Then it was my son. And so uh, for me, it's always been, close to the truth with, you know, like I said, with a little seasoning put into it. So I don't really know. That's a good question.
0: Do you feel like your funnies changed at all as you age? Or is it, is it, you know, I, mean, I know you, you're talking about, uh, you're sort of mining the truth of like the life that you're living right now, but like, do you, right. do you, have you seen your own, um sense of humor change at all as you've aged or you just is it does the same stuff crack you up every time or the same, oh, same the life? same
1: stuff cracks me up you i see somebody slip on a banana peel and i <laughs> i mean like like it's really like we right now during the pandemic uh my husband and i we i'm a big i love old sitcoms so one of my girlfriends julia scotty who you know was on the second special she said you know you should watch the dick van dyke show because the, they have the pilot on hulu and the pilot was done it wasn't the dick van dyke show it was a called i think oh i forgot what it was called but it was carl Reiner who ends up creating the dick van dyke show so she said you should watch that and of course then we started watching it and you know dick van dyke is such a um you know he he's 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 a dancer sure so he's so physical so every time he fought you know me and my husband we wait when we get when you know with the opening where he he trips over the ottoman because sometimes he doesn't And sometimes he does. So we're, we're both waiting. Like, is he going to trip? And we, and when he trips, we still laugh and we know he's tripping. So, so, so I like slapstick. Um, I, I like good, you know, I I will, if it's, if it's, if it's a good joke, I'm pretty much going to laugh at it, but I do like the, the physicality of comedy a lot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you saw that it's the, the, um, show that you did had, I think, five or six comics or six to seven comics in each show. Some of them embrace more of that physical comedy where they're, mm-hmm. you know, it's the faces and some of them are, it's more of the stories. And it's uh, it's a mix. It's a really nice mix. Um, you know, one of the things I noticed on, I think it was the first uh, Funny Woman of a Certain Age, because you kind of cut, it, you intersperse the, uh, the comics with a little bit of kind of a QA and a where you get their right. perspective on... What it's like to have been, um, you know, a woman of a certain age, or to be a female in comic in right. comedy, and you say that you are tired of being asked what it's like to be a female comic, which <laughs> I totally, you know, totally fair because men probably never get asked this question. But I would like to hear your take on what it's like to be an aging comic. You know, you're uh, uh, you've been at this for forty years. Show business is notoriously um, you know, youth obsessed, you know, what, how has it been to age in this industry?
1: Um, well, you know, when I turned 50 and like I said, I'll be, I'll be actually be 63 in a couple of weeks, but when, uh, when I turned 50, I saw the writing on the wall. So when I, okay. So when I was in Vegas with my son, I would, I, I I did most of my, uh, the shows I was in my, you know, early to mid forties. So when I got back to New York and now I was a road comic, for many, many years, and that all disappeared because, you know, with social media and 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 YouTube and all these, uh, you know, internet stars, you know, the uh, uh, what is it called, the influencers? Sure. They weren't. They weren't even looking at at people who actually had material. They just wanted, oh, they've got a million Twitter followers. Well, they must be funny. Right. So, um, so, so, uh, so I just you know it, it was it was such a weird time when i when i hit 50 cuz i was like uh-oh <laughs> what am i going to do <laughs> cuz i have no other skills i always say that to people I, the only reason i'm still in this is cuz i seriously have i can't do anything else <laughs> so um uh, so so i started looking into directing and developing solo shows so i've um i've directed a gentleman named Jim Florentine um who his special is um on Amazon Prime right now I do, uh, I produced another special called uh Shang 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 is Shangri so I st- and I started to realize I enjoyed that too and I also started to teach and and develop solo shows because I, you know w- when you have 40 years of experience you can tell you know your stuff it, with Jim and I the, the first few weeks we started to work it, it was something as simple as going you need to just change that word and he would look at me like I'm not changing that word. I'm, and we would fight over changing a single word. And then when we finally put the show up, and of course it worked as as well as I knew it was going to work. He went, "All right, you were right. I should have changed the word." <laughs> so, so, so I started to do that. So in the my fifty my fifties was was all about rediscovering myself because, like I said, I don't think fifty is old, but I knew that people looked at me a certain way. So then I started thinking, okay, let me do this and let me do that. And then I start. I was still doing. You know, part I was still partially doing stand up and but but the the what's the what's the word the road was drying up anyway, sure. So, in other words, when I I I used to this is how, how long I've been like years ago when I was like in my 30s and if I had if I had a date fall out because I work basically three weeks every month, but let's say I had a date like I'm let's say I was supposed to work this week, we're talking, right? Yeah. I could and it felt and, and somebody called and said, Carol, you know the club burned down. We can't, you know, we have to cancel. I could literally call a club and go, "Hey, I just lost my week of work," and they'd be, "Hold on, I'll call you right back." Okay, you want to come in this week? But but it's not like that anymore because there's now there's so many comedians and too little of the of the road rooms. So I was like, okay, I'm not, the road was my life. I was on the. I took my son on the road with me when he was six months old. So I decided I went okay let's figure this out. Now when I came up with the idea for funny women of a certain age I happened to be doing a podcast. One of the women on the show was Veronica Mosey who you know ends up doing the show at the crane for us when we did that big showcase and it was two other female comics and we had so much fun
0: nice. talking
1: and laughing and just and I literally said to my husband I was I was walking to the subway from from the podcast studio and I said we, there should be a show where uh, just female comics, we're all older, and that's how Funny Women of a Certain Age started. It's a little bit long-winded, but no, that's-
0: No, cool. no, I love it. It's sort of like sitting around with your girlfriends and just like crying with laughter about the things that are just totally cracking you up. And it's so smart to like, you know, to say like, how can we bottle this magic, you know, and, and, right. and, and make it available to an audience that's going to love it because they get it, you know, right. and this is- we're talking to them and not like, as you said, like every comic brings their own unique twist on things and the jokes aren't all the same, but, mm-hmm. um, together it's like hanging out with a group of girlfriends.
1: Right. And, and when, what, what was so great, you know, I, I, all the women that did the show, uh, and you know, I'm not going to list them because if I do, I, I, can't literally, I, I always forget somebody because <laughs> I just do it because I'm 63. <laughs> But what I loved about both of the shows, and this is something that you don't really see with male comics, it's not a put down of the men at all. But women have a camaraderie. You know, the the show business wants you to think that women uh, compete with each other. You know, because that's what all that that whole Real Housewives series is all about—women backstabbing each other. If I tell you in both shows, the women couldn't like we had for the first special, we had a we had a monitor in the back. So, so the women could watch the other women. They were glued to the monitor watching and, and cheering, you know, like just before the, you know, they'd be like, all right, you're going on. And just before that would happen, everyone would be like, go kick, go get them, you know? And then the second special Vanessa Hollingshead and Carrie Louise both came back to support the show. They were there to support the other women and Carrie Louise, God, I love her so much a bunch of us were like really nervous. I, we, you know, it was because I wasn't, but I was running around doing other stuff. So somebody, I heard somebody go, Oh, I'm going to write, why don't we do cue cards? So, so they started writing cue cards and I thought, Oh, you know what? I'm going to do cue cards too. Just because as a, you know, I'm the performer, but I'm also the producer. So my mind, I, you know, I, sure I didn't have, I didn't have enough time to just go, all right, now I have to be a comedian. So when I go out and, and every comic will tell you this, you know, that first moment when you get on stage, especially when you're taping a television show is as soon as you get that first laugh, everything goes away, all the fear, all the you worry. So I get the first joke and, you know, and I hit it and everything is going great, and everyone's laughing, so I didn't have to look at the cue cards, but Carrie was in the back, like, every every time I turned, she had the cue cards. <laughs> it was the funniest, like, like, if I went somewhere fast, she ran over to the other side. It was, she could not have been kinder, and that's the kind of camaraderie female comics have. You know, we, we want the other, you know, because we know how hard it's been, because, there, you know, in the olden days, when we, when we started, we were in more competition with each other because there were only one or two spots. So if somebody got the spot, you didn't get the spot because they were only gonna use one woman. Right. Now there's more of us, so now it's like, Yeah, go do it, go do it. That'll be good for all of us.
0: Yeah, there's more room and you're and you mm-hmm. you're building your own thing. You know, you're mm-hmm. creating like you're creating opportunities to pull other people in and and I, that's been a bit of a theme on this show. I hear a lot of women who are my guests. It's a theme in my own life that we're supported by by our friends, by our professional colleagues. And I think I mentioned this on a recent show that I often say to my kids, you know, there's enough sunshine for everyone. And like they mm-hmm. all like roll their eyes and they think mom is so tragic. But I, I totally... <laughs> Believe it to be true, you know. Just because you're, you know, the sun is shining and you doesn't mean it can't shine on me. Like we, you know, to, we we support each other, and that's what's um I have found to be. Those are the women that I seek out in my lives. I guess there's not not everyone's like that because the Real Housewives, do, you know, do exist, and they are like backstabbing each other. But maybe they have like a secret behind the scenes pact that they're like, you know, agreeing to be awful to each other just to boost their ratings. But they really are supportive. Do you think, um, do you think yeah, that could be true?
1: Or? <laughs> I mean, it might be because you know most people don't realize this, but most reality is scripted anyway. You right? Know, exactly. You, you, you know, none of the stuff you see is like what they're actually doing. Do you know, what I, I I remember one time they were they um the 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 star of the my the show that I was doing in Vegas, her husband was in another show, and they were following her around. For one of these type of reality series. And at one point they came back because they wanted to interview her and everything. And so I hear the producers say something about, well, oh, maybe next year we'll use their show. And, uh, and I looked at them. I said, well, <laughs> not with me. Cause <laughs> if somebody has a camera in me right before I go on stage, somebody's getting punched.
0: Oh my God. That's so funny. That's so Do you funny. You know what I
1: mean? Like I, I you know, and you're not going to tell me, Oh, you know, turn around and go, Oh, I'm so nervous. Cause I'm not, you know, not when I was doing, you know, I was doing, 13 shows a week I, being at being doing shows in Vegas w- was just my jobs. You know what I mean? So right. yeah, I, I've always been the type of woman that wants to bring up other women and I, you know, it, it, too, it's somewhat to a fault and it's probably held me back in my career too, because I wasn't that backstabbing type of woman. I always wanted to just be like, well, if I can't do it, I'll, I'll get another woman to do it. In fact, if I may, one of the things I'm proudest about uh, is I, uh, both specials had female directors, female stage managers, female warm-up backs. We had female ca- camera women, female line producers. You know, they were men. I mean, my partner, my my producing partner, is a man, and the showrunner of the, our show is a man. But but I made sure. I said, "Guys,
0: this we, is my baby, and we're going to." This make is sure. my
1: baby. We want, and and you know what's really nice is is is. You in the in the end, and this sounds so cocky, but in the end, everyone has to defer to me.
0: You know why? Because it's my show. Because you're the boss. I love that. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that little, doesn't but, sound but, but, cocky at all. That sounds like confident. Like, uh, this is mine. I have created this. Right. And, and it's also like, even though it's a ensemble piece and other people are playing roles, part of the reason they're playing that role is because what you said earlier, you didn't create a career out of backstabbing. You created a career out of supporting people. That's why people showed up to be part of your show, because, of you know, they wanted to be a part of something that you built because they probably liked and trusted you, which is important.
1: Yeah and 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 the girls know that. I mean, I've been very lucky in the sense that you know, when we started doing this as a live show first and everyone understood what the vision was and still is the vision because the vision for me was always to well, selfishly work with my friends because we, we when when you're on the road as a comedian in general, it's a very lonely life. You know, and you know, you, you know, because you literally you go from being on stage for forty five minutes, everyone's laughing at you, everyone's applauding. You talk to everybody after the show, and then they go home to their families, and you walk to the hotel room by yourself. And and there's a reason why com- there's a lot of comedians that 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 end up with addictions. Sure. You know, because it it's you know you're literally like oh okay all right okay I'm gonna go to my room now all right. What's on TV? Oh, nothing.
0: You know, <laughs> hang out with my friend Vodka so, or something.
1: Yeah. So, so, so I wanted to. Every time I've been on the road with friends, we've had the best time. So when right after the first special aired, we were lucky to get a a, a really sweet gig in um I uh, I want to say Arlington, Virginia, but I'm probably saying the wrong name but it was in the dc area so me so i was going to rent a car and vanessa was going to drive down with me and carrie louise who lives in uh westchester westchester i think she was going to drive down and we were all going to meet at the theater so then carrie calls and goes well you know i have a minivan because she's a mom and she has three boys she goes why don't i just pick you guys up <laughs> and oh my god <laughs> we're gonna carpool it was i i i wish i had had a like a an actual because you you know it's one thing to do stuff with your iphone i wish i had a camera the we didn't stop laughing the entire time.
0: Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Do people do weird things behind stage while they're hanging out like knit or like crochet or that's how you, interesting. How do you while um, away want... the time when you're like backstage at a comedy show waiting to go on? If you're not drinking your friend vodka or
1: something <laughs> <laughs> or snowed cocaine,
0: or in cocaine. We're definitely not going to do that. I'd...
1: no are never. No, 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 nobody does that anymore. It's so it's so, it's so, that's so eighties. So <laughs> yes.
0: Um, now let me think,
1: you know, I, I do, I do remember seeing some women doing crocheting. I mean, or now because everybody has phones, you can just, you know, scroll down your phone and, you know, either look at social media or play games or even watch movies. So I, you know, I, I pace, I've always been somebody who paces even, even, even when I'm just working, you know, I'm, 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 the, I'm that I, first of all, I have to, before I do anything. Five minutes before the show, I'm I'm in the bathroom peeing because of you know, course. You know, what do you think
0: I'm I did not- right before we hit <laughs> exactly. roll tape on this? Exactly. I'm like, I'll be right back. I'm going to exactly. the ladies' room. <laughs>
1: yes, so so I do that, and then I basically pace. So um and and but everyone has their own um their own ritual. I don't think there's there's really not a lot of room. Let's say backstage. Uh, in a comedy club because usually like y- usually there's a, a small room that they consider as the green room and it's really like the closet well you saw in the second special where I was sitting going this was the green room yeah it was and like it, a
0: utility y- closet or something yeah what, it, what was exactly that's there? what it
1: is <laughs> like so it's usually just like I want to get out of here because if I if I sit down I might get something I might catch <laughs> something
0: in my glamorous green room
1: <laughs> In my glamorous green room <laughs>
0: It's so funny because it does look very glamorous when people are on stage and you know they're in front of an audience or they're standing next to Bill Maher. But you you know you pointed out a lot of it is you know um, being on the road, being um, you know in that that glamorous utility closet waiting. <laughs> um, do you miss that though? Now that we've had COVID and and people have not been going places and we're all doing like Zoom comedy, do you do you miss being on the road?
1: Yes. In fact, it's so funny. I have a very good friend of mine named Barry Friedman, who is a road comic from many years ago. And um, he wrote a book. And of course, I can't remember the title of the book. He's going to be so mad at me. But
0: his name is Barry Friedman. It's a great book. I'll put it in the show uh, notes. I'll Google it.
1: Okay. <laughs> and it was all about being on the road. And I and he asked me to do, a, a you know, like a, a one or two sentence blurb about it. And basically what I wrote was, you know, that he wrote so vividly about crappy one-nighters that he actually made me miss them. Aww. Like I mean because you know and and, and you know and I the, the, I'm paraphrasing that actual quote but you know if I, the stories, the horror stories of of uh, you know you because a lot of times comedy club owners didn't want to pay for a hotel so they'd rent a an apartment in the worst part of town that was cheap and you know like one time I <laughs> I was in San Antonio and there were bats, actual bats, not bat Batman, <laughs> actual bats in the apartment. And I called up the booker and they said, well, then open the window.
0: Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, and then, of course, with you're sharing it with other guys and they're bringing home girls. And, you know, you're, oh, you're going my. to have coffee in the morning and you see somebody fully tatted and pierce and you're like oh good morning good
0: morning uh i'm not going to spoil it but you do uh, everyone's going to need to watch uh the comedy special to figure out why you never use mayonnaise in a <laughs> shared <laughs> in a yes. shared apartment with other comics <laughs> uh, yes yes uh,
1: yeah we're gonna absolutely. leave it at
0: that we're gonna leave it yes. to the imagination but tune in and you will find out the answer were- to this very burning question <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You started by telling us the comics that you admire, you know, the, the Marx Brothers and the physical comedy of, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to even think, Groucho Marx, whoever. But who, who are there any comics sort of like newly on your radar that are rising up through the ranks that we should be paying attention to?
1: Um, yes. Um, uh, uh, Liz Mealy, um, who is, uh, you know, it's so funny. I, I call her a young comic. She's in her 30s now, but she started at 16. Wow. So I always, she's like my comedy daughter. She's, she's, she, when I, when I watch her, I, I get jealous because I'm like, she, she has such a work ethic and nice. she's so, she just, you, she, you, like she writes new stuff all the time. I'm, I'm a, i am i am I call myself a lazy writer because I do write, but I have to have the inspiration to write. So I don't write every day. Like she does, so she's, she's put out her own albums. She's put out her own specials. Uh, she just wrote a book, and, um, and, and it's, I think, Simon & Sh- Schuster. Um, uh, so, so, like, she's the, the one I always say to people, you want to watch somebody who's consistently funny, Liz Mealy. And then there's a young lady named Caitlin Bailey, who I'm working with on a show, um, uh, on her solo show called Whore's Eye View. And that is uh, and I'm going to mess up this one line one line about the show, but it's a seventy five minute romp through uh, uh the beginning of sex work up until the up uh, from the beginning till present Ooh. so and it's a it's a solo show but, you know and she talks about because she was a sex worker when she was younger, and she talks about that and but it's also funny and poignant and so those are the two women i I think are the most important you know young women coming up like i said the the uh, leanne Lord is. Uh, one of the best female, com- well, comics in general.
0: Just okay, I'm putting all three it. of these in the show notes, and I'm I'm also going to put in for anyone who's listening who hasn't seen this. I really love Ali Wong, who I think is absolutely Ali's funny. Great. She's Ali's- hilarious. Baby Cobra. Yeah. I mean, she do- she does two comedy specials. I think like nine months pregnant, and I was yes. just crying with laughter. I mean, I wanted to go to the bathroom for her. I'm like,
1: what is this well, woman he, doing? But, Here's a great story about that, just to show you the difference. Now, Allie did her special, I want to say, I, I, maybe five years ago. I'm not sure exactly of the timing. So when I was pregnant with my son in 1991, because he was born in February of 92, the last TV show I did was a show called Evening at the Improv. And I was seven months pregnant. And when I went over, like at the end of the show, when I went over to hug the, the host of the show, you know, his, his comedy club, he visibly took a step back because he was afraid he was going to hurt me. <laughs>
0: he like recoiled.
1: Yeah, he did. He definitely he recoiled. And what I wanted to do, and I didn't do it, I, what I was going to do is take a glass of water behind my back and, <laughs> and then drop it and go, oh, my God, I broke water. I have to leave. But they were so, they were so worried. They were so terrified and I only did, you know, that was a TV show. I mean, it was only a six minute set. They were terrified that something was going to happen.
0: Oh my gosh. That is a very, very fun memory and things have definitely changed. Cause I think she, oh, yeah. she like headlined an hour long special, like in this, you know, super, super pregnant and, and extremely, extremely funny. All right. Well, we have a lot of great women to be watching. This has been so much fun, Carol, um, I do want to ask before we wrap up, you've already given us a couple comics to keep our eyes on, but is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners about, you know, shows that are lighting you up or, you know, where people can follow comics, any kind of resource that you want to share before I let you go? Um, I, Honestly, I
1: mean, this is, you know, I, I'm plugging my own show. Because go for I, it. I, I think that the the ten, 10 women, I think it's 10. Well, yeah, because I'm the fifth person, I'm the sixth person in each of them. So it's the 10 women. Each of Follow those women, those women, you know, every single one of them, are so good at what they do. so I mean, they were great on my specials, but they all have other things that 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 they're doing you know Carrie Louise writes and you know uh, uh, Vanessa says is uh, um uh, she, uh, she's uh she's teaching right now uh Lunell has her own show on uh YouTube. Everyone has something else. Tammy is touring again, Tammy Pescatelli julia scotty they're all touring but watch them and what what, like julia scotty has has a has a a documentary about her life because she's a transgendered woman and it's called funny that way and so that's that that, that's and that movie is i i got to see a preview of it. it broke my heart because i knew julia beforehand i know her now and it's so beautiful and funny and poignant just support, you know, if, if there's, although, of, of you know, I gave you the young women, but these older women support them all. Lynn Coplets, you know, Thea Vidal, I, I know, you see I'm forgetting everybody. No, this is, so, this
0: is such great advice. I'm going to, I have the, the two comedy specials which are going into the show notes, but I'm going to pull out the social media of every single comic in those two shows so people can follow them because there are funny women of a certain age who are still out there knocking it out of the park doing incredible things and we want they need to be on our radar so how can our listeners keep following you and your work um
1: just go uh you know i'm I'm on all all over social media you can go to carolmontgomery.com funnywomenofcertainage.com on instagram i'm carol uh, at carol montgomery comic at twitter at national mom and, and just, and thank you for saying that thing that they are these funny women of a certain age. Now here's the great thing about it is the, that's just the, a, a small slice of what is out there. You know, if it was up to me, I'd have a show on every week, <laughs> do you know? And maybe, maybe, you know, the more we do this because, you know, COVID hit right after the second special. So we're, we're, you know, we're, we're starting to get our brand out there again. I could literally do a show every week with three different female comics of a certain age and they're they're so just go out and support live comedy and if you get to see a a a woman and she's older stay because i'm telling you you're not going to
0: be disappointed that is the perfect note to end on carol thank you so much for being with me today
1: thank you this was lovely i really i i had and you know i had a great time thank you so much
0: This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women over 50 who are aging without apology. If you enjoyed this week's show, please head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to review the show because reviews help us grow. So do your thing and feel free to give us five stars. Join me next week when I sit down with silver hair evangelist Katie Emery of the popular blog Katie Goes Platinum. After 25 years of coloring her hair, Katie ditched the dye and now coaches other women on going gray. Special thanks to Michael Mancini who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties.